0: How low should you hold your grip on your serve? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy all obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough. Right can you move on wherever you Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment? I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Don't forget to sign up for our group tennis lessons here in Miami. In the Coconut Grove section of Miami, we have classes on Monday and Tuesday nights at 7.30. Monday night is our intermediate class, and Tuesday night is our novice or lapsed player class. All you got to do to reserve your spot and register is sign up on BackhandCity.com. So speaking of tennis classes, tonight's topic is how low should you hold the grip of your racket on your serve? So just to clarify, in tennis, a lot of people refer to the handle of the tennis racket as the grip. And a lot of times there's five different grips to tennis. We're not going to go into them today. But when people refer to the grip, if they're talking about an overgrip or the grip on your racket or gripping the racket, they're talking about the bottom handle. Uh, so tonight what we're going to do is talk about where you can hold the racket when you're learning to serve. Now, I know this sounds very novice and elementary, but I use this technique with all level players. In fact, I had an intermediate level players playing his whole life. Came to me over the summer. In fact, he spotted me on an adjacent court and he was just serving by himself and he was practicing his serve and he was getting really frustrated and he asked if I would help him with the serve. So long story short, he hired me and I remember the first class, I didn't even want to look at his serve. I was like, let's start from fresh. And so what I did is I used this top, middle, bottom progression to develop his serve. Um, And I'd seen enough serves in my day that I got a gist of what's going on. There's nothing really new out there that I haven't seen. So I'm going to walk you through what I did with him, and you could try it with yourself no matter what level player you are. Now, most people struggle with the serve. It's the hardest shot. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of hinges going on, especially with the serving arm. And, then of course, a lot of people struggle with the ball toss. So what I like to do in the beginning is I like the people to take the racket in their playing hand, their dominant hand, and grab near the top of the grip. And a lot of times we'll do exercises from there just to get used to the technical side of what's really happening with your racket and ball contact. And I find it's easier to do that when you're gripping it higher just because you have more control. And more control is going to equal a faster learning curve and more success. And a lot of times when I'm teaching the serve, I'll start off with an orange ball just so people can easily and quickly grasp the techniques and apply them as we're going along. And then once they're have able to hit consistently like 5, 10 balls and I can see their bodies relaxed and it's become very intuitive, their technique – Then I'll move to the middle part of the grip. And typically what I'll do is I'll just stick with the orange ball and I'll have them just move their hand down halfway between the top of the grip and the bottom, and we'll work on the same techniques from there. Now, typically, depending on the playing level, I may not have people stand on the baseline where you would traditionally start to learn to serve. I may do it in progressions. They may start at the service line, move back to halfway between The service line and the baseline, which is called no man's land, and then finish at the baseline. Now, a quick note here, especially for newer tennis players, the baseline and the service line get confused a lot. You don't serve from the service line when you play real matches. You serve from the baseline. The service line makes up the service box, which is made of the deuce and the ad boxes. So just a quick clarification when I go through that. So typically, people will work from the middle grip, really working on now developing the technique, okay? So now I'm making it a little bit challenger because challenging because we're making the racket longer because you're not gripping up as much, all right? Then the last step is we take people down to the bottom of the racket. Now, if you look at the bottom of your tennis racket, I don't know if you have your racket handy, but you might notice at the end of the racket by the butt cap, it tapers and widens just a little bit at the end. And that is on purpose from the racket designers because typically what you can do here is there's two bottom grips and you can choose the one that you want to use based on your comfort. Obviously, the higher up you go, the more comfort and control you'll feel. I like to crease my power when I serve. So I'll go down towards the bottom of that butt cap where it tapers off a little bit And I'll just let the flesh of my hand and my butt cap of my, of the racket. And I'll have the flesh extend out just a little bit there. It might be just even a quarter inch. And that just gives me a little more snap with my serve. And when you grab your racket next time, take a look at that. So obviously when you get down here as lower than you can go, you're making your equipment longer and it's going to give you more power. So, Kind of uh, modify that based on your own skill set and your comfort level. But just notice that little quarter inch at the bottom can make a big difference, especially when you get more advanced and you're starting to hinge your wrist and you're going to start to pronate and create topspin and slice with your serve. So next time you're going out and you're practicing your serve or you hire hire a coach or you hire me to work on your serve – start to remember this methodology. You're going to start from the top of the grip from to develop more control. Then once you're very good at just hitting the ball inconsistently, you're going to move down to the middle of the grip so you can start to refine the technique that you're learning. And then once, I think a good benchmark for this is if you can hit 90% conversion with no pressure, just practicing with the ball of choice that you have, then you're ready to go to the next progression. So you can use that with each stage of development and of course once we get to the bottom of the grip now we're very confident that your technique has been fundamentally soundly installed into your game and we can add power now I want to cautious, caution you guys when I say add power I'm not talking about necessarily swinging harder what I'm saying is you're going to get natural organic power just because your levers are different and you have a longer racket to work with because now you're swinging you're holding your racket. the bottom of the grip. So that power will happen naturally. You don't have to think that you've got to amp it up and swing harder because what happens when students do that is they lose their technique and they have to go back to the second fundamental. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. Don't forget to go on to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you get notified each morning of our fresh episodes. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com.